what you do in a B-movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. internet travelers and welcome once again to the before and after show as always i'm your co-host mj smith and uh, ryan buell is not going to be here for the first section of this week's episode uh, he'll hopefully be back in the later half i know he took a break last week um and i gave my thoughts on the mummy it was about six minutes long because it's a bad movie that doesn't have a lot to worthy of talking about um although did you see my facebook post today nick uh, the math adds up yeah oh my gosh yeah alex kurtzman the director said we made a movie for critics or we made a movie for the audience not the fans and it has a 42 percent on rotten tomatoes audience score i cannot say a word about it because i haven't seen it yeah uh, don't really even though like the old mummy was one of my favorites yeah Brendan fraser yeah oh man yeah that's too bad i'll probably still see it anyways and... yeah like red box it if you have to but it's pretty yeah. memorable <laughs> um but that other voice you're hearing is nick crown nick welcome sir hey good to be back yeah uh you're back from last week when we talked about our expectations for cars 3 mm-hmm. uh, but before we jump into that what have you been consuming well uh, i forgot to mention this last week but i recently just finished house of cards uh the most recent season okay and uh it's great it I don't know how they possibly could have written things that seem to be matching up so closely with the current political <laughs> climate. Uh, and I I end up watching that show and thinking, is this real life? <laughs> Do they have a White House insider? And they're just like, oh, this is going to happen. It would make a great episode. Um, but I'm just always... Uh, it's one of those shows that I can't like say, hey, you should go watch this show. Yeah, because yeah. it is... Stuff that happens in that show is it's terrible. Early, yeah, yeah. But I, uh, the only thing that keeps me coming back to it is the Shakespearean asides that Kevin Spacey makes. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, and it just it keeps me going, and I'm just like, and I feel like in this most recent season they upped it to mm-hmm. where it happened every episode, and I just love that kind of. Uh, gag, I guess. Yeah, uh, I do too. If you could call it a gag. I do too. It actually, I haven't seen a lot of the show, but I've seen a lot of the first season of the yeah. show. And that's what I really loved about it too, yes. was that. Uh, just when he'd be in the middle of a conversation and then he tells the audience exactly what he's thinking mm-hmm. and then he says something completely different. Yeah. It's just a, such an interesting way of storytelling mm-hmm. that I feel like hasn't been used since the Shakespearean times. Yeah, I Or, agree. or in p- certain plays. Yeah. Uh, and it's cool to see that in like a TV form. Yeah. And Kevin Spacing is just such an amazing actor. Uh, he's yes, r- really he the only thing I liked about uh, Superman Returns mm-hmm. um, was him. I wish I could have just had a Lex Luthor return <laughs> starring Kevin Spacey, please. Uh, but just the facial expressions that he makes when he's having a conversation with someone and then he looks at the camera and kind of rolls his eyes yeah. and then goes back. Oh, that, that's what keeps me going back to that show uh, on a personal basis i would say never watch it it's terrible <laughs> but if you like really good drama and tv and don't mind looking away every once in a while it is an amazing movie or you, show you know it's it's funny because there's you know we're recording this kind of a, in the midst of some controversy 
over, uh, I don't know if you've heard about this, over the production of Julius Caesar at Shakespeare in the Park in, uh, I think, Central Park in New York City. Uh, no, I haven't heard about this. So there's a production of Julius Caesar going on where it's definitely Donald Trump. <laughs> like, it's, it's definitely him as Julius Caesar. Uh, one, he's not the first president to, like, this is not the first time someone staged uh, Julius Caesar with the current president right. at all. But uh, because everything is so contentious right now, it became a huge deal. But if you look it up, like, Lincoln had one. Mm -hmm. uh, Reagan had one. Obama had one. Um, and so it's not, like, a new thing. But this, I feel like, is basically Julius Caesar. Yeah. Uh, and everyone seems to be fine with this show. <laughs> like, I don't hear a lot of dissent against it. Um, and, and so I always, I thought that was interesting, especially, I mean, like you said, it, it, they're kind of weirdly paralleling real life, but yeah. these episodes had to have been written and filmed months oh, ago. yeah. That's the thing. It just, it doesn't make any sense to me because I see stuff happening and I'm just like, wait a minute, this is, this feels like real life. Yeah. How is that possible? Yeah. Well, and also they, they, I'm sure they have his arc worked out from episode one. Yeah. You know, like I'm sure a show as intricate as that. They have to know where it's going yes. years in advance. Yeah. And, you know, that's season five. So it's like Obama was president when this was started and the new election cycle hadn't really begun. No. Um, so it's not like, you know, it's not like people can claim it's about this. No. Because, uh, I mean, this show started way before Trump was even on the stage. Yeah, yeah. But it does seem like every every time I see something, it seems a little... Almost a little too close. Yes. Yeah. There uh, was one scene that I really enjoyed when they were uh, chasing a terrorist. Uh, mm. you know, they're trying to kill a terrorist. And so they get into the situation room and the iconic picture of uh, Obama uh, watching the screen oh, as they're mm -hmm. catching uh, Saddam, I believe. Uh, Osama. Oh, Osama. Yeah, it was Osama. That's right. And uh, so that they they mirrored that picture oh, perfectly in the show. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, with... Um, you know, with the characters. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I get this reference. This yeah. This is cool. That's, oh man, I love that. Yeah. So they they kind of covered that arc and I'm just, man, they, the writers just must be having a field day with the current. Oh, I'm sure. All I'm of sure. that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Anything else? Um, I, I didn't say this last week just cause I forgot, but, uh, been playing a lot of Breath of the Wild. Oh uh, man. And I know that's not TV or anything, but, yeah, that's fine. um, uh, man, what they, just have an amazing way of telling a story without any dialogue. Yeah. Um, you know, you could walk up to uh, some ruins and there's some, you know, busted up guardians around. You're just like, whoa, this must have been like a crazy battle that happened here. Yeah. Uh, or you could like see them like kind of trying to climb a wall, but they're, you know, they're old and you're like, wow. what? And so I've just, me and my wife have been playing it and just digging the heck out of that game. Awesome. I know it's uh, kind of old. It's been out for quite a few months now, but yeah, since March, probably. yeah, since March. Uh, but man, it lives up to all the hype. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so good. I've seen it played for like an hour or two, and oh my gosh, it, it, that movie blew my dang mind. Like, yeah, or that the, game, the, yeah. the game blew my dang mind. Yeah, like every, oh my gosh, every time he did something, I was my uh, Mike, the co-host of YouTube. Of all of YouTube. He's the co-host of all of YouTube. Um, my <laughs> co-host on our YouTube channel. Uh, I watched him play it. And every time he did something, I just... It's almost Pavlovian was like, you can do that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, I, literally anything you want to do, you can do in that game. Yeah, that's what I keep on being bewildered about. Like, oh, wow, you can do that. Like, one time I accidentally cut down a tree. And I'm like, oh, 
you could do that apparently. That's uh-huh. cool. And then I fought a guy who picked up a tree and hit me with it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that could happen. Yeah. Um, or like if you shoot an like if you shoot an animal with a fire arrow, it grills the meat. It grills the meat. Yeah. Uh, I'm currently on Death Mountain right now. Oh. Okay. And all of my arrows are on fire because it's mm. so hot. I'm just. Like, oh wow. That's really cool. I. That's happening. Yeah. And I'm just I'm digging it. Man, that's so uh, great. If I had to sum up the game, uh, for those who haven't played it, it's Legend of Zelda, obviously, but you take a portal game and you take Skyrim, mix those two things together and theme it Zelda, that's Breath of the Wild. Mm. And it's just, it's incredible. Yeah, it's right up your alley. Oh, love it. Yeah. Um, for me, I watched, oh gosh, I watched a movie called All That Jazz. It's a movie from 1979 is what I want to say. It's about... It's an autobiographical film written and directed by Bob Fosse, who is a kind of legendary uh, Broadway director and film director. He directed a movie. He directed several movies. Um, The movie takes place over him staging Chicago for the first time and editing a movie about the comedian Lenny Bruce called Lenny starring Dustin Hoffman. Hmm. Um, in the movie All That Jazz, it's two different productions. It, they mm. couldn't get the rights to Chicago and Lenny. So it's like a movie about a comedian and like just a musical yeah. that he's directing. But that's the period of time that it covers. Nice. Uh, Roy Scheider, the chief Brody from Jaws, um, mm. plays, uh, I don't remember the character's name, the fictional Bob Fosse, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob Fosse is an interesting cat because he struggled a lot, especially around that time, with a lot of addiction mm-hmm. um, to uh, prescription medication, uh, marijuana, amphetamines, and uh, sex. Mm. And so he was a huge womanizer. Um, you know, he would often give women callbacks just so he could sleep with them. Uh, um and the movie is this almost warts and all presentation of it's it's sort of him almost repenting in a way, but like I don't know, it's 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 hard to describe. Um, it's very heightened. There are a lot of musical numbers that sum up what's going on. Roy Scheider is amazing in it. Mm-hmm. He's he's a great actor, but he's Jaws is my favorite movie of all time. He's better in all that jazz than he is in Jaws even. Uh, he's so great in that movie. And I looked it up on, on Rotten Tomatoes before to kind of see where it was at. I know it's kind of regarded as a classic. It has mm-hmm. a Criterion Collection release. And so I was like, oh, uh, how did people feel about this movie? And I saw a lot of people saying it was self-indulgent. And I was like, I don't get that. Um, you know, but I was about halfway through the movie and I was like, it seems like an indictment of his self-indulgence. So I feel like it's a misread of the movie. Like, there is self-indulgence in the movie. That does not mean it is a self-indulgent movie. You know, almost every moment of self-indulgence played like a joke. You know, it played funny. And the other not self uh, self-involved moments didn't. So I I was like, I don't get this. And then the last hour of the movie started to happen. And I can't think of a movie that has wasted my goodwill over such an extended period of time. I was so into the first hour of this movie. I was ready to go on Facebook and call it one of the best movies I've ever seen full stop. Oh no. Uh, it was impeccably edited. It's a perfectly edited movie, even when it does devolve into self-indulgence. It's 
It's a perfectly edited movie. Oh. Like, I've never seen a perfectly edited movie before. Um, the, go find the opening sequence. Um, the song on Broadway was written for the movie. Hmm. Um, the opening sequence is the best editing I've ever seen in any section of film ever. Um, and then it just devolves. He, his character ends up with angina, which is, uh, that's something a, that's hard. A, that's a heart condition. Yeah, it's a heart condition. And is that a... Is that that's, is that a heart attack or or is that where... it's potential heart attack? Yeah, yeah, it's like blockage and yeah, it's not quite arrhythmia, but it can cause it to yeah, act funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so the last hour of the movie is him dying of that, <laughs> and it's so extended yeah. and oh my gosh, I just didn't care. Like it just takes so long for him to die, <laughs> uh, and. It gets really cynical, and I don't love cynicism as it is. Uh-huh. Uh, Spielberg is my favorite director. Um, I, I don't love cynicism as it is. And I think the cynicism in the movie is actually pretty well executed, mm-hmm. uh, even though it's not my bag. There was a couple right. cynical scenes that I really liked, but it's ultimately a really cynical movie, and I didn't like that because the first hour isn't that cynical. Right. And his, like... Life flashing before his eyes are these elaborate dance numbers by all the people that he has ever met. Oh, interesting. Which sounds good on paper, but it's just so... Uh, pardon my French, it's so masturbatory. Like, it's, it just comes off as very pleased with itself. Right. And I, can see that. I was, ah, oh, gosh, I was so upset by the end of that movie. And uh, my wife was too. I, my wife was like, okay, you watch that movie. I'm going to go clean the kitchen. And she just got sucked into it from the beginning. And mm-hmm. for the first hour, she was also very invested in it. And then we, like, I was on my phone and she was on her computer by the end of it. Oh, no. Um, and she was like, gosh, I really understand what they meant when they said it was self indulgent. Like, it, it just devolves into it, man. Um, but yeah, so I saw that. And then I saw Book of Henry. Not Book of Eli. No, not Book of Eli. <laughs> Have you heard of the Book of Henry? I, I haven't. Okay. Uh, strap in, Nicholas Crown, uh, oh. because I don't know if your full name is Nicholas, actually. Uh, it is. Okay. Yes. Uh, so it's a current release movie. Uh, I'm going to spoil it for you because it is going to be more entertaining to hear me explain it to you than to actually see it yourself. Okay. It's the latest film from uh, Colin Trevorrow, who directed Jurassic World. Yes. And is directing Star Wars Episode Nine. Yes. It is about a boy genius. Uh, who's 11 years old, named Henry. And it's kind of, the it evokes this kind of Amblin, Goonies theme. Yeah. He's got the, he's, he invents these Rube Goldbergian machines and Classic. has this tree house in the middle of the woods that's made out of spare everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and he just like, he wears goggles sometimes, you know. Goggles are cool. Yeah. And uh, he's also runs the house. Um, mm-hmm. his mom is the child in this situation. He, he takes care of all the bills and the money managing and she plays Gears of War. Um, so it's, it's got this like subversive thing to it where it's like the kids are the adults in this movie kind right. of, and it's really annoying. Uh, so Henry finds out that his next door neighbor is being abused by her stepfather. Okay. And he, the stepfather is the chief of police, mm-hmm. and his brother runs their local child protective services. So they can't go to either one of those agencies right. with him. 
So Henry decides the thing to do is to uh, kill the neighbor. Well, that escalated quickly. Yeah. So he writes down in this journal an elaborate plan uh, to kill the neighbor and hide the body. And for his mother to end up with custody of the girl next door. Then Henry dies of cancer. And that's it? Nope. That's the second act. What? Yep. Would someone, like, grab the book and carry it out? So what happens is Henry tells his... While he's dying, Henry tells his little brother to give his red journal to their mom. And he's like, but I I don't want you to read it. You just give it to mom and let her read it. Uh, so first thing the brother does is read it. Of course. And he's like, mom, I think... I think Henry wants us to kill our neighbor. And uh, she's like, what? And she reads it. And this kid was apparently a precog because the mom will like say stuff to the book and then flip a page and the book is the answer to what she just said. Oh. Uh, And she's like, well, there's got to be some other way. And then she flips the page and it's like, why there was no other way? Oh, wow. Um, So then she discovers a tape recorder. That also has his precognitive abilities on it. And he's, like, telling her what to do and, like, training her how to be a super good sniper. Uh, so she decides to carry it out, by the way. She decides that this is the correct course of action. Um, and so he, like, he, like, figured out where she could buy a gun that's untraceable because, they, like, the, the gun shop play, the gun shop sells guns to the local mafia. And, like, he figured out the pattern of the cameras, so he tells her, like, which how to go into the shop so she doesn't get seen by the cameras. Um, and she goes to carry out the plan, and then ultimately is like, you're a child. Like, I'm not gonna do this. And so she decides not to, but then she gets confronted by the abuser. Uh-huh. Because um, she lures him out into the woods to shoot him. Right. And unbeknownst to him. She, like, uses a walkie-talkie with a microphone to whistle, and he goes and investigates. And then she's, like, got him in her crosshairs, uh, and then she puts the gun down and walks outside, and then he's standing out there, and she's holding the gun. Right. And he's like, what's going on? And she's like, I know what you are. And then he looks angry at her and walks back home. And while that's happening, there's a talent show happening at Henry's school, and the abuse victim is doing a ballet. Uh Uh-huh. And the principal realizes what's going on and calls calls child protective services uh-huh. and the abuser calls his brother to get him out of it and his brother is basically like it's too big of a thing like it's too big of a case we can't let it go right so uh the abuser kills himself anyway and earlier in the film the mom had forged his signature on transfer of custody documents so she ends up with custody right. of the kid and then the movie's over oh yep because the last half of it sounds like a heist movie, almost. Yeah. With, like, the training, I guess, which is kind of cool, but the circumstance so, is weird. It's super weird. It's super, I don't know, the tone is all over the place. Yeah. It, it plays like a really bad Lifetime movie. Oh, no. Um, oh, the, no. Yeah, there's, it's full of continuity errors. Like, oh, no. Like, like, okay, there's a scene where she hands out... Th- waffles to the younger brother and he like grabs a thing of maple syrup and dumps it right and she's like no that's too much and uh he puts it back and then it cuts to the mom she says something cuts back to the kid and the kid's pouring himself a bowl of cereal 
But also the waffles are still in front of him? What on earth? And she acknowledges the cereal as well. And she's like, okay, that's enough. And I was like, is this kid having cereal and waffles for breakfast? He's like seven. Um, was the, my question is, was there syrup on the waffles? There was syrup on the waffles. Okay. But then he puts the, he puts the cereal back on the table and knocks over the bottle of maple syrup and no one acknowledges it. <laughs> also, Henry gets emergency brain surgery. That's how they find out he has cancer, right? Uh huh. Henry finds out he has emergency, or they, 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 Rush him into emergency brain surgery. Still has all his hair afterwards. Um, it was a wig. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, also, so to record the tape where he trains the mom on what to do, he repeatedly sneaks out of the hospital to go and record it back what? at their home. Uh, okay. But like, has any have any of these people ever been in a hospital? There are so many alarms you... that go off when you detach yourself from all those instruments. What year did this take place in? Question mark. That's the that's the other thing is like it's one of those we wanted it to be a movie out of time. So there's laptops, but there's no cell phones. Um, okay. And there's tablets, but there's no cell phones. Well, okay, if they have tablets, yeah, then it's present day. It's yeah. You're gonna know if you take off your heart monitor or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you can hand wave everything with he's a genius and he figured out how oh, to do gosh, it. Gosh, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. It was it was also a very awkward movie going experience because I went at nine fifty five p.m. by myself, and then I it was me and one other person in the theater, and the other person openly wept for the remainder of the film after Henry died. That's awkward. Yeah, it was super awkward, especially because I was clowning on the movie the whole time. Oh no! And like, I didn't like not out loud. I would right, never right. do that. If I was by myself, it would have been the rowdiest screening I've ever been to. I would have been <laughs> dying laughing. But uh, uh, you know, and if that person lost someone close to them to that disease, sure, sure, sure I get yeah. it. But at the same time, like it's a crazy movie. On top of that, yeah. like, the, oh my gosh, it's a crazy movie, man. So that's the book of Henry. That's another thing I saw. You can read my review at KeithLovesMovies.com, but that's, man, Star Wars is screwed. Well, why did JJ have to go, man? I mean, I'm fine with Ryan Johnson coming in. I just, Colin Trevorrow, so, I like really hated Jurassic World. I didn't think it was too bad. Oh man, I hated that movie. I mean, it was no Jurassic Park 1. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... It was it was fun to watch. Yeah, my wife really liked it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So did mine. Yeah, so did mine. I was really angry about that movie. Actually, I felt questionable about it until uh, the red haired lady. I can't remember her mm. name. Priscilla Howard. Yes, was running away from the T Rex in high heels. Mm. Uh, in that scene with like the flare, mm-hmm. that scene sold me. <laughs> I'm just like. They're, that's that's her character. She never takes off the high heels. They well, they acknowledge that in the yes, movie. Yes, exactly. And yeah. I just I loved it. That's um, super funny. Yeah, and then like the raptors were attacking, which is fine, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and the T Rex came in with and was the hero, much like the first movie. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Strangely enough, but yep. anyways, that's neither here nor there. Yep. Uh, yeah. So let's move on to the other movie I saw this weekend, uh, Cars Three. We're gonna take a short break and then come back and talk about what we thought about Cars Three. and we're back um we're here to talk about cars 3 that's kind of the centerpiece of this episode um nick you were here last week to talk about our expectations and 
what it boiled down to is we were excited that cars got back to being cars, mm-hmm. uh, I think. It, it was more about the racing and all of that stuff. Um, yes. And I was excited because it looked like Creed or Rocky with cars. It's mm-hmm. Lightning finding his legacy and, and what that means and where he wants to go with it. Um, so, Nick, what what did you think about Cars 3? Well, I, I gotta say, I our podcast was very much in my mind as we... Uh, as me and my wife were watching this, and he actually, uh, there was a scene where uh, Sterling mm. was trying to show Lightning all of the stuff, and he's mm-hmm. like, "This is your legacy." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, "We talked about this." <laughs> and Lightning makes a face like, "Oh, this is it, huh?" Yeah. And uh, so, man, MJ, you were absolutely right, and I think that helped me frame the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, needless to say, I guess before I get in, get into the nitty gritty, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, and this could be because I watched Cars 2 last week. <laughs> it could be. And, uh, maybe I'm a little be. bit biased and I'm like, oh man, I hope it's not like Cars 2. Uh, but no, I thought it was awesome. There were just so many callbacks to Cars 1. Mm-hmm. They had brought up back a lot of the old characters, uh, which I thought was great. I love to see kind of where they were. Uh, and this obviously takes place years down the line. Yeah. Um, at least five years? At least. At least. Um, I guess if it was in real time, when did Cars 1 come out? It must have been... 2005, 2006. Are you, it's been that long? Yeah, because I was in high school and I graduated in 2006. Wow, I guess I was in high school too. Huh. That's right. Dang, that's a long time ago. But um, I appreciated it. I, I, It just felt so good to watch... I'm, I'm going to say this. It felt good to watch Cars 2. Mm. Because I feel like this movie was Cars 2. Cars 2 was some weird knockoff as we said last week, direct-to-DVD mm-hmm. movie. And this was just like, ah, this is what I wanted in a sequel. Yeah. Uh, so I loved it. It was more of a mixed bag for me, but mm-hmm. I ultimately liked it. Yes. I think this, I the stuff I liked, I really liked. The stuff I didn't like, I didn't hate, but I do have some problems with it. Also, my screening was really distracting. <laughs> Uh, a lady got busted bootlegging the movie, uh-huh. um, so I, that I, th- I may need to see it again to mm-hmm. really click into it. Um, there were a lot of. It seemed like the biggest distractions came at the highest points of drama, like when she is telling him, "Like, ask me if this is what I wanted." That yeah. scene, which is I could tell was one of the best scenes of the movie. There was that's when like a bunch of kids started to get really restless because they're, they're not really into happened. that. Yeah. they want to see cars racing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and so they were just very loud. Uh, right. and so it was, it was hard to concentrate on that. And then it was hard to concentrate on the final race, mm-hmm. um, because that's when the lady was getting busted bootlegging the movie. Um, but the thing, like I said, the things I liked, I really liked, uh, I loved that it was still lightning story. Yes. Um, I really, really liked, uh, just kind of seeing, yeah, like you said, like it's, it's, it's cars too. Yeah. Technically, you know, seeing where all these characters have come. Yeah. Um, I actually wanted a little bit more of that. I felt like there weren't, there wasn't enough time in Radiator Springs. I wanted to see what everyone else was up to. I would have liked that. Um, I wanted, you know, it, it, it felt like they almost listened to their audience a little too much with this one. Um, in that people were like, oh, the second one was super mater heavy. So they dialed him back a lot, but I kind of wanted a little bit more of them interacting. I, I, I appreciated the amount of Mater, mostly because I just watched Cartoon, so I'm in that book. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, too yeah. much Mater. Uh, however, the Mater that was in there was super impactful. Yeah. When uh, the scene where Lightning is, like, very... When he calls him? When he calls him, yeah. And it's like, oh, this is... See, this is the relationship that I want with mm-hmm. him. Yeah, Not, yeah. like, this weird kind of... 
they're going around the world and getting annoyed at each other mm. from Cars 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was just like, I need to call my buddy back yeah. home. And I'm like, I appreciated that so much. Yeah. Yeah, I liked that. Um, I liked that scene. I thought actually Larry the Cable Guy was really good in the movie. Yeah. Um, he's good. He's great as that character anyway. But he he brought like way more depth to that character than he's ever had, mm-hmm. I felt like. Um, Owen Wilson was great in yes. it. Although all, all the voice cast was really, really good. Yeah, Nathan Fillion. I didn't know anything about his oh, character going mm-hmm. in. He was uh, Sterling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and man, I just hated him by the end of the movie, which... I think that's what they wanted us. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the plot is that he's kind of aging out of the Piston Cup, mm-hmm. and Nathan Fillion Sterling buys Rusty's uh, from, what was it, Dusty and Dusty Rust? and Rust. Uh, I can't remember their names. Yeah. So he, he buys them, and he's more of like a corporate, he's almost like Cars Elon Musk a little bit. He's got this hyper, like, state-of-the-art facility to train yeah. him. But ultimately, he's trying to manipulate him into just kind of selling products and living off of that for the rest of his life. Yeah, regarding Lightning as a brand, mm-hmm. not a person. Yeah, or exactly. Or I guess. That's weird. Is yeah, he a yeah, person? Yeah. Okay, he's a person. Um, but Lightning wants to, like, get back in there one last time. Yeah. And he doesn't like the new training methods. He wants to get his car or his tires dirty, is what yeah. he says, you know. And through that, he ultimately ends up training his trainer. Um, yes. Cruz, uh, Cruz Ramirez, Cruz Ramirez, uh, played by Cristela Alonso, who was also very good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of like the relationship between them um, as like trainer and trainee, and how they learn from each other. It's yeah. it's a, one of the good messages of the movie is like everyone knows something you don't, which I think we yes. talked about last week. Yeah, um, which is a, like it brings it full circle to the themes of the first one, and I think that's good because McQueen hasn't regressed. No. But he also still needs to be reminded of it. Yeah. Which I think is how people are. You know, I think, mm-hmm. you know, if you have a specific shortcoming, you can always get better at it. Yeah. But you always also need to be reminded from time to time. It's really, if it's your shortcoming, it's easy for you to slip back into. Yes. Uh, one of my favorite lines from the movie was when uh, McQueen is training with Smokey. Mm-hmm. And Smokey's like, hey, you need to let them do the work for you. You need to draft them yeah. during the race because they're faster than you. And Lightning's like, well, I've never had a draft before. And he's like, yeah, but that's when you were fast. Yeah. You're slow now. So you're going to have to be smarter than them. And yeah. And I'm just like, like, oh, like Lightning still has stuff to learn. That is so cool. Yeah. I loved that, man. I loved all the smoky stuff. That yes. was that was my favorite part of the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so he ends up, yeah. So one of the things is he ends up going and finding Doc Hudson's mentor. Yes. Uh, Smokey, uh, I don't remember his last name. I think it was just Smokey. Yeah, Smokey. And it's all these it's all these cars that are like the old timers. Yeah. And they were so great. All those characters were super oh, great. Oh, I loved all of them. Yeah. The lady racer car. Oh my gosh, she when, was awesome. Oh, when she talked about like wanting to date Doc Hudson. And yeah. Doc Hudson's like, oh, I don't like fast cars. And I'm just like, that is so funny. Dude, that scene of them in the bar, I loved when they showed up at the old timer bar. Yes. Like it, they just nailed it. Like small town old people bar talking about the glory days as yes. a matter of fact the band on stage is doing a cover a country cover of glory days by bruce springsteen which was great mm-hmm. it was cool i my favorite joke in the movie was the little forklift guy playing the steel guitar i thought that was so great it was so great um it's all that stuff i love like i could have watched a movie that's just that yeah <laughs> um those characters were so great and i loved the scene 
where they taught taught him about the origins of the the race, which are the real origins of auto racing, which was running yeah. moonshine. Yeah. Um, and that's why you root for the cars and not the drivers necessarily. That's become a little bit different nowadays. Mm-hmm. But originally, that's why the cars are numbered. Um, because you were supposed to root for the car because they would trick out the cars. Right. Um, and so they were talking about like no lights, just instinct. And they were like driving through the woods. I loved that sequence. That was cool. Um, I also, I, I think part of it is I get really nostalgic for stuff I wasn't around for mm-hmm. really easily. Yes. And so seeing him go to the track where Doc raced and seeing it dilapidated and getting bummed out by that. Yeah. I do that crap all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. Like I'll see something and I'm like, I don't. Why, why is it in this condition? Like, don't you know who was here? Yeah. I do that all the time. <laughs> um, and so I, I love that just sort of deliverance on even, you know, finding your mentor's mentor. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's something you tell creatives a lot, you know, learn your, learn about your favorite artist's favorite artist. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that was great. Uh, did you have any real problems with the movie? <sighs> I'm trying to think. I I don't know, man. I it's it's weird because I came out of that movie like I liked it and but I had like mixed feelings. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, I was still trying to I don't know, I if I had to rate it, I would say like it's either an 8 or a 9. Okay. On my scale. Mm-hmm. Uh I I feel like I'd have to watch it again to say whether or not I had any Okay, here I think I just identified it. Okay. Uh so I felt like the second act was very long. Yes. The second act was very long. Yes. Um, and at that point, like, during the second act, I didn't really understand, like, I couldn't really figure out where the movie was going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in my mind, I'm coming up with all these, like, well, is Lightning going to win that final race? Is, you know, is it going to be training him? And then, like, he was starting to teach uh, Cruz Ramirez about a bunch of stuff. And I'm like, well, wait, what's going on here? What's her role going to be? And I think that's where... I was confused as I was watching it. Like, what's her Same. role? Um, however, when it finally came to the end, uh, are we allowed to talk about yeah, spoilers Yeah, yeah, we here? do full spoilers on, the, okay. on these episodes. Yeah. yeah, so when Lightning tells Cruz, this is your chance. You're going to race the rest of this race. Um, the, I mean, I guess the only problem I had with that is like, oh, that seems like that's breaking the rules somehow. <laughs> I'm just a rules guy. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that cannot be allowed. Because yeah. then everyone would just bring in subs. You yeah, know, that yeah, just yeah. makes sense to me. But anyways, that's besides the point. Uh, when she started racing, I'm like, holy cow, this whole movie is about her. It's it's not even about lightning anymore. It's about her. And I'm like, I, I want to watch the movie again from that perspective. Because mm-hmm. uh, she's the one who goes through all the character development. Yeah. And lightning goes through his for sure. But he's turned into the Doc Hudson character, and I didn't even recognize that uh, right away. And then when I realized, I'm like, oh, this movie is really cool. But I guess it was that confusion of not knowing her role the whole time. Yeah, I so that's actually my major problem is with that character, um, that switch. So what happens is they go to the big race in Florida, which is actually the first race of the season. It's the final race of the movie, but the first race of the Piston it's, Cup uh, season. Yeah, the context of that is if Lightning doesn't win this race that he's not allowed to race anymore for the team. Right, for the yeah. Rusty's team, yes. which is Nathan Fillion's character and Sterling. And he's going to have to sell mud flaps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so he races one lap, does a pit stop, and then tells Cruz Ramirez, okay, you go out there, and they have you know their paint guy there, and he paints the number. Yeah. They find, there's this loophole in the rules where... Uh, the number... The number is what matters, not the driver, which is yeah. actually kind of what I was saying. You know, it's... Mm. It, 
you root for the number, not the racer. Right. Um, which is, you know, it gets a little complicated in the Cars universe because they don't actually have drivers. Like, they're, they're, like, their brain is in their doors. Um. Yes. Which they've said, like, they've said that you would never see a door open on one of the cars because that's where their brain is. Uh, that, which so, is super weird. <laughs> um, super weird. Is it like the radio? Is that their brain? Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, and so that switch, I was just like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. What, it really caught me off guard, but not in like a great way. Maybe I'd be fine with it if if I watched it again. I, it, it also, I felt like the movie undercuts it because it ends with Lightning saying he's still going to race. Right, but he's clearly the crew chief. Okay, the are you sure though? It seems like it. But, okay. So here's... Someone else brought this up, because I talked about this on the internet. And someone did bring that up, that he meant I'm still going to race and that I'm still going to be part of the races, but I'm going to be the crew chief, Doc Hudson, now. But the last scene of the movie is he comes back in Doc Hudson's colors. Yes. Which I loved. But he still has his rusty sponsorship on him. And the CEO of Dynaco, who sponsors Cruz bought Rusty's so yeah. that so that Lightning could keep his sponsorship from Rusty's and not have to do it from Sterling but he would just have to drop his sponsorship uh, I okay so I think the like the main crux was you know if you don't win the race then you mud know, flaps mud flaps uh, so he technically wins the race because he didn't finish the well he didn't finish the race he still won because he Mm-hmm. raced part of it so puts sterling in an awkward situation tex comes in and says let's talk for a little bit and it sounds like dynaco buys rusties mm-hmm. and then tex just lets lightning do whatever he wants that's true it's just weird to me that he would keep his rusties branding if he wasn't racing right and maybe it's just a callback to like that was his start maybe maybe it was weird i also thought it was weird that he's a different color like, that was so weird that happens a couple times in the movie yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, I... It was weird because, like, the first time they do it where they put him in the electronic high-tech suit with, like, basically Siri in it. No, even before that, when he's... Oh, when he's all primer. Prim- yeah, when yeah. he's all primer. Yeah. That was weird. I almost didn't recognize him. Yeah, I liked that, though. And yeah. I liked uh, I liked the stickers nickname that they gave him. I thought that was great. That was from the first movie. Was it? Yeah, Sally calls him stickers all the time. Okay. Because he has stickers for uh, light bulbs. They're, oh, they're yeah, real, yeah, yeah. That's or right. headlights. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, but then they put him in the electronic suit. Um, and then he's just like Doc Hudson's colors at the end, which like I got, but I was like, that's weird. That looks weird on him, kind of. Yeah. I don't know. I was like, I don't know how I feel about this if they plan on continuing the series. like. Yeah, I yeah, I, I felt weird to him. It's like, well, he has a car, so I guess he could change his color. And Ramon does that all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the point where you almost don't recognize him, <laughs> Yeah, he's always a different color. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like yeah. overall, I liked the movie, and yeah. I, I almost like I said, I feel like I need to see it again because there was a lot of distractions in my theater. Yes. Also, there's the switch at the end, um, you know, the thematic switch of like you should have been paying attention to this the whole time, mm-hmm. uh, which I was not basically. Yeah. Uh, I really liked the demolition derby scene. Oh, that was so much fun! It was so great. Oh, it was so great. The- the bus? I was laughing so hard. It was so funny. Fritter? It's yes. Fritter time? <laughs> so I loved that. I loved that scene as it was. But then there was this super obscure reference to a movie called Duel. 
Uh, I don't know if you've heard of this. Yeah, with, um, wasn't it Steven Spielberg's first movie? Yes, it's a made-for-TV movie that got a theatrical release because people loved it so much. Uh, and it's just, it's about this guy getting chased down by uh, an evil semi-truck, basically, where you never see the driver. I actually own it on DVD. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's actually sitting at my house. You lost it to me a while back. Oh, really? I haven't seen it. Okay, I, I didn't was, watch it. That's funny. I was just thinking about that, and I was like, I wonder where that went. I was like, I haven't seen that in a minute. You lost it to me. It's okay. sitting on my shelf. There you go. I didn't watch it. Um, it's a really good movie, but the um, the the evil semi has several license plates from several states on the front of it. And she makes a reference to, you're going to go in my license plate collection. And she has like a bunch of license plates hanging off of her. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I was like, how many people got that? <laughs> I, I, my, the only weird thing I had about that demolition derby is when she said, you know, you're about to feel the wrath of, you know, whatever county they, they're in school oh, uh-huh. district. And I'm, I'm like, why do they need school buses? Why do they need school buses? <laughs> Who rides that school bus? Uh, and I actually had to think about that, but I'm just like, that, that's not important. I just need to enjoy yeah. this moment. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Especially if they said when the door opens, that's where their brain is. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe, like, the school bus has a trailer where all the little cars ride. I don't know. Yeah. It was maybe. funny. But, like, technically, they go into Max, like, big rig. Yeah, yeah. But, but not in the driver's seat. So. Yeah, that's his trailer. But, dude, I love that scene, too. Like, as yeah. soon as I saw them go on there, I'm like, oh, I've seen this from the trailer. I wonder what it's going to be like. Mm. And I'm like, oh, Demolition Derby! It was and, so well put together, man. And, I thought it was great. And, like, the car that's, like, so messed up, and I could barely yeah. drive. Yeah, and then he gets bumped, and he's fine, and then he gets <laughs> immediately wrecked again. Uh, that was a great gag. There's some, like, really good gags in the movie. Yes. There's not a lot. There's actually less humor than in the other two probably or less attempts at jokes even yes um but when it works it works pretty well it's oh there's some solid laughs in it um and there's a lot of callbacks to it too Mm -hmm. when um smokey's the crew chief and cruz is driving and you know getting nervous and lightning's like hey listen tell her this it's Uh like a funny joke from before i'm like oh those weren't just funny jokes that was like those were learning moments that i just completely wasn't paying attention to yeah uh like oh just like all the little crabbies went night night and i'm like that was that was actually important and i didn't know that um one of my other favorite gags was when Cruz is trying to drive really fast through the the sand Mm. and like drive so fast she like goes down into the dirt she's like the beach ate me yeah (laughs) i thought that that was funny yeah yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely one of the better Pixar movies of recent memory. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not super into Finding Dory. I was not super into Good Dinosaur. No. Um, Inside Out was good. I'm I'm cooler yes. on it than most people are. Mm-hmm. Most people love that movie. Um, I like it. Yes. Uh, this I think is probably the best out of their last maybe four or five. Um, mm-hmm. This because I think Brave was before. It was Brave and then Inside Out. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. And I really didn't care for Brave that much either. It was. It felt kind of flat. Yeah, it was really thin. It was a really thin movie. It wasn't mm-hmm. as epic as it should have been given that setting. No. Um, so I think I don't think Pixar is back to where they were. I don't know if they'll ever get there, um, but it's it's a solid movie. Um, if you're a fan of the Cars franchise, I think you'll absolutely love it. Yeah. Uh, if your kids are fans of it, uh, most of the kids had a good time by the end, but it's it's a little long in the tooth. It's an hour and forty nine minutes. 
And there's some pretty heavy parts in there, yeah, too. Yeah, uh, extended heavy parts. I feel like they were almost trying to Toy Story 3 this, mm. where, you know, if you grew up as a kid liking Toy Story 1, and then you get older, and yeah. um, you see, you know, Andy gives away the toys, uh, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm that age. Yeah, uh, yeah. I wonder if they were trying to do the same thing with... Uh, the this kids one? who grew up over the last 10 years, yeah. 11 years with Cars. Yeah. I mean, if you're in high school when Cars 1 came out, now you're 30 years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I am. And, yep. And you're like, oh, wow, there are a lot of young people running around these days that can do things a lot better than I can. That's yeah. really weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I wonder if they're trying to capitalize on that. Um, you know, one thing we didn't talk about was just Pixar's excellence in animation oh my goodness the movie looks so good there were some times where i'm like did they just take like video of a real place mm-hmm. and put that in like the beach scene for one just the the waves i don't know if you paid attention to that at i all. did oh it looked so good and then when they're like driving through the night uh driving through the woods at night oh it just looks so pretty there's one shot in that movie when they first get to doc hudson's old raceway of the sign yeah that's one of the most photorealistic things i've ever seen in a pixar movie like it looked like they just took a picture of the sign yeah and did it put it in as an insert it was amazing i don't get how they're able to do that no and the fire in the pyrotechnics uh yeah. during the demolition derby was amazing and just like the mud physics looked really good mm-hmm. Uh, I never had a question like, oh, this is like CG. I'm like, no, he's like trying to go through the mud. Yeah, yeah. Same with the sand, too. The sand looked good. Uh, Especially I, like in the Beach Ate Me, like it was, it looked like wet sand. Yeah. Um, I want to say, um, and I know this isn't Pixar, but Disney, when they made Frozen, they came up with a very specific computer software mm. to simulate different wetness of snow. Oh. And so you can go online on YouTube to check it out, and you could see, like, oh, this is what dry snow looks like. This is what wet snow looks like. This mm-hmm. is what it looks like when it's thrown. And they came up with a simulator just for the snow in that movie. Wow. And I'm wondering if they did the same thing with, like, mud and probably. sand, because uh, it just looks so good. It's probably developments on the good dinosaur technology, or yes, because that's the one that looks hyper photorealistic. Oh my gosh! Uh, like the good dinosaur character almost looks out of place because yeah, the yeah. nature looks so good. Yeah, I feel like they're that's the software they're probably using is yeah. whatever they used for that. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's a gorgeous movie. Like mm-hmm. it looks, it looks amazing. Yeah. Yep. Bad. Do you have anything else about this? Uh, it was nice to hear some of the original themes from the first mm-hmm. movie, music-wise. Yeah, I liked the music in this a lot. Who's the actually. music director? Who I don't music? know. I Because I, they used some themes that Michael Giacchino came up with. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But I didn't know if he actually did it. And But I, man, I really appreciated it when it came up. I thought um, they, they took a lot of uh, themes from the Piston Cup from the first one, mostly. That's what I mm-hmm. recognized. And they just used them in all the perfect places. And I actually had chills a couple times. Uh, the, the correct term is frisson, but uh, I mm-hmm. I just loved it. I loved just that aspect because it really made the movie feel big. Yeah. Oh, Rand- Randy Newman. Randy Newman. Yep. There you go. Well, there you go. That makes sense. Yeah, I really like the music in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not, I don't notice film music very often, but so the fact that I did is a big deal. Yes. Um, it's a big deal. Usually it's, uh, you know, the iconic guys like Williams and mm-hmm. Chiquino and, and those guys. Yes. But, uh, yeah. And especially off of Cars 2, where the spy theme was just, I feel like it was being shoved down my ears. Oh. And I'm just like, I don't like it. Yeah. But this one was just like, oh, this is so good. I felt big again. Yeah, and the, I like the way they cut to the music, too. The editing and the, yes. the montage sequences are really good in yeah, this movie. Yeah, yeah. Really good. Yeah, it's it's a solid movie. Like, 
there are worse things you could take your family to see probably right now, you know? Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, if your kids want to go, you've probably already seen it because Father's Day just happened. Yep. <laughs> um, yep. you probably went for Father's Day, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's worth a look, man. Um, it looks great. It's, it's a solid movie about legacy. Yep. Um, and what it means, I think thematically it delivers really well on what it sets up. Yeah. I um, think so. there's some maybe structural stuff that I didn't like so much. The long uh, second act. The long second act, the switch at the end. Yes. Um, but those might get better with age, you know, you might kind of see the, the man behind the curtain a little bit more, which I feel like is a benefit of watching this movie again because Mm -hmm. of the switch at the end. Um, but yeah, you can, I mean, I've had way worse times at the movies, especially because I've never seen anyone get busted bootlegging a movie before. (laughs) Uh, that was pretty entertaining, man. Um, but yeah, so that's Cars 3, uh. Nick, thank you for being here, man. Pleasure as always. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take another short break, and we'll be back to talk about Expectations 4, Transformers 5, something is the subtitle, The Last The Last Night? night? I think I so. Yeah. I think so. Uh, but yeah, uh, we'll be back uh, in just a second. And we're back. And uh, this time, this part of the show, I'm joined once again by Ryan Buell. Ryan! Hey, I'm alive! Yeah, welcome back, sir. You uh, took some time off. Took uh, a little time off, yeah. Dodged the bullet that was the mummy. Yeah, heard heard some things. Yeah, it was rough, man. It was rough. Uh, but probably not as rough as it's gonna get, uh, given <laughs> the movie we're doing this week. Yeah. And in addition to Ryan, this is a double guest episode. Uh, Slade Oren is joining us. Hey, what's up, everybody? Hey, how's it going? Good. Doing well. Good. Good. Welcome out. back. You're in town. Thank you. Visiting. It's good to be back. Yeah. Um, Slade is actually, it's going to be Slade Fest 2017 on Across the Stuff, because Slade's also going to guest on the YouTube channel. Yes. As well, um, which we're it's recording Slade. directly after this. Sweet. Uh, anyway, um, we're here to talk about Transformers 5, uh, or as Slade uh, referred to it, Trans 5, Trans 5, Former 5. Yep. Yeah, it's called Transformers The Last Night, and it is the fifth one of the Transformers movies. If I sound exhausted, that's not because it's been a heat wave and I'm tired from the heat. It's because I'm tired of these movies. Um, it is, yeah, it, it's, uh, there's some robots and some people, and it's two and a half hours, and Michael Bay directed it. And I'm pretty sure that's exactly how we're going to review this as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the synopsis. Oh, there's rumors that I don't know about um, that this potentially could be tying into another Hasbro property. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to have to look it up now. Okay. Well, they made a couple. They made what? Like Battleship? Battleship. And they mm-hmm. made something else, too. Mm-hmm. I forget what it was. But they've been making a bunch of random. Yeah. So, I th- there's talks about a bunch of their... Did they make Ouija or is that someone else? Do they I, own? Does Hasbro own? I think they have Ouija too. Yeah. yeah they made uh, Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So that. So they probably tied Ouija. Of... <laughs> it's the only thing that makes sense. <laughs> What'd you say? It would probably tie to Ouija. The Ouija universe. That would be amazing. Mixed with the trans- science meets magic. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Well, there was talk about a Magic the Gathering movie too. There was. Yeah, that's oh. Hasbro. 
You would watch it. That's right. Hasbro, they, they bought Wizard of the Coast. That's yeah. right. Good golly. You would you would be into it. It'd be fancy. It would be interesting. I don't know if it's any, any good. I'm I'm waiting for the next D&D movie, man. That's oh, what I'm waiting okay. for. Good luck with that one, man. I know, I know. It, it'll happen. Like it's, it has in the, to. it's in the talks right yeah. now. They got the script written. But uh, hopefully it's good. I have a soft spot for the first one, but not about that. It's not good, but no, it's I agree. Um, so the rumor is that it ties into Rom the Space Knight. So Transformers the Last Knight. Who's Rom the Space Knight? It's an old Hasbro property that's super obscure, but I like they've said they have like uh, an obscene more amount of Transformers movies they want to make, and it seems like. Like six or twelve or something, like a stupid amount. Uh, Bumblebee's getting his own prequel that's set in the eighties, which sounds cool on paper. Um, yeah, kind of. Yeah, like I would watch that. I think. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, so rumor has it that they kind of want to bring other Hasbro properties into it and make this shared, like the Hasbro cinematic universe. <laughs> So there's rumors that this is the first step towards that. The, the the last night they're referring to is Rom the Space Knight. But we see in the trailer that it also has like medieval crap in it too. Yeah. So that could be something about I it. I thought it was supposed to be Optimus Prime. I think Optimus Prime is supposed to be the last yeah. night. So I don't know how true those rumors are. I haven't heard anything about that since yeah. basically they announced the title. Um, so that could be... I actually think that would be an interesting way for those to go, whether or not that would work or not. I think it would be gutsy. Um, yeah, what? so I guess we'll start with what are your guys' relationships with the Transformers movies? Um, Ryan, we'll get your thoughts on Michael Bay in a second. Um, Slade and I are doing the YouTube episode on Michael Bay. Um, but yeah, what, like, what do you guys think about the Transformers movies as they stand? Um... Well, I, I remember going to see the first one. I remember loving the first one mm-hmm. when that came out. When did that come out? 2005? Yeah. I uh, liked that one. Saw the second one. Got really weird and just didn't care for it. Like, the, the, it lacked the heart that I think the first one had. And then I haven't seen the third or fourth one. So, I think, like most Michael Bay movies, they look real pretty, but they lack substance. Yeah. So that's kind of my that's my that would be my tof, twofold answer for the Transformers franchise and also Michael Bay. Like yeah. he, he makes fun movies. Like even Christopher Nolan says he loves Michael Bay movies, mm. but they don't have. They're more about the story and less about interesting characters. He tends to, in my opinion, have kind of like two dimensional characters. Like oh, you're the hero. You're the damsel in distress. Like there's not mm. there's not layers to them. The They're not ogres. He doesn't write. Yes, ogres. thank you. I was literally thinking that. Slade, what do you think about the Transformers movies? Um, I'm kind of indifferent to the whole franchise. Um, the first one was fine. You know, it was cool, and the rest of them were just like whatever. They exist. I still I don't know why there's five of them. That's, <laughs> that's the thing I don't understand. It's like why do they keep making these movies? Like. Do they make money? Like I don't, I don't understand. They do. They they make like a billion dollars each because China loves them. That's so crazy to me. Yeah, like China paid for the last one to the point where they were advertising Chinese products in the last one. 
Yeah, and that's the other thing about them. They've always been like super heavy product placement yeah. movies. Yeah. It's like a giant GM commercial. Yep. And that was always a little obnoxious. Yep. And Mountain Dew and Xbox. <laughs> so bad. <clears throat> I yeah. remember, yeah, that Xbox came to life. Didn't yeah. It? yeah. Yeah. In the first one. Man. Yeah. So there, bad. The worst one, though, is in the fourth one, which I haven't seen, but I have seen this scene where they're in the middle of a fight and like a Bud Light truck tips over. And Mark Wahlberg literally stops and drinks a Bud Light <laughs> in the middle of this action sequence. It's infuriating, and I haven't even seen the whole movie. That's kind of great, though. <laughs> That's almost like Wayne Wor- Wayne's World stands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that almost there. That happens in World War Z, too. I don't know if you oh, guys yeah. saw that movie. Mm. Did, you, did you? Okay. So there's, like, the climax of World War Z. He's walking by and he sees a Pepsi machine that has a Pepsi in the thing, and he like stops and do, like d- does a Pepsi commercial, and then goes back to the zombie thing. Well, then they run out of movie, run out of movie, run out of money making that movie. Then? They did run out of movie making that movie. It <laughs> went nowhere. Um, both movies. Yeah, both. Yeah, yeah. That that was a, a troubled production as it was, but Transformers had no excuse because they yeah. basically have an unlimited budget because they always make way more than they spend on it. Yeah. Um, like, I think the last one costs almost $300 million. Man. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's tons of, like, CG and effects. And yeah. Yeah. Whatever in that movie. And well, yeah. Mark Wahlberg's not cheap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But all, yeah, but they also make all that back on box office, and they make it back in product, you know. You they, must be selling a ton of toys. And yeah, stuff. that's the thing is, every time yeah. you make a new one of these movies, you can sell a new line of toys. Yeah. You know, they just change the po- the color palette on them a little bit in each movie, and so it's like, well, this is the Revenge of the Fallen Optimus Prime. Well, now you got to buy the Age of Extinction Optimus Prime. Yeah. You know, crap like that. I so. think my problem is I was never really into Transformers as a kid. Mm. I just miss that. Like, I like all the nerd things, you mm-hmm. know, but I just miss Transformers for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. It was never, like, cool to me. Like, turning into a car was never cool in my mind. It was just like, well, you're just, you're cooler as a giant robot. Like, why would you want to be a car? That's I liked it because they were two toys in one. See, the toys were kind of cool because mm-hmm. they actually transformed. Yeah. They were, like, fun yeah. to, like, do. Yeah. To, like, you know, make, make, transform. Yeah. But um, the, but the show is where you, like, get people. Like, I had yeah. every Ninja Turtle action figure ever made because the yeah. show was awesome. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same. Transformers as a cartoon did pass me by, but I always liked the concept of them. I had one toy, and I really liked it. It was a helicopter that was purple camouflage for some reason, but <laughs> it turned into, a, like, a robot, and it was yeah. sweet. Um, so I always liked the concept. So, And honestly, like, Transformers getting the big-budget action movie treatment makes way more sense than some of these properties. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's like, true. Yeah. It seems ripe for the picking. And I, I like the first one quite a bit. Uh, I saw it like two or three times in theaters. I thought, I think it's a really good like spectacle movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, I, I don't know. I think it's really entertaining. Um, it does what it does well. Totally. It's very, like, it's very, Michael Bay and Transformers together makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, that's like... I, I don't understand why he keeps making them, but if they're paying him a lot of money. But yeah. the combination of those two things, like, works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. like, yep. Yep. he's good at making explosions and, like, really, like, interesting action and, like, making it look really good. You know, that's what he does. And Transformers just, like, right in line with... Yeah, he's robots. good at making stuff look slick. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's why they are a perfect pair. But I also think it's starting to wear out its welcome... Um, not necessarily as a property, because I feel like you could just make these Transformers movies in perpetuity. They don't have, like, 
a super complicated backstory or continuity to them. He's given them one for some reason, <laughs> but like you could just make the like it's very modular. You could just make them like James Bond movies, where it's just like, and then the Transformers did this, and then the Transformers did this, um, and so all of that makes sense. But the execution has been really bad for the last like I'm gonna say three, but I haven't seen the fourth one. Um, so two is like really long, and there's like a transformer that has balls. Um, <laughs> I do not remember that. And then they discover like Renaissance era paintings in a in a pyramid. Um, of course they do. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And then uh, I've often said that three was so bad, and it in one of my relationships. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which is true, by the way. We were so raw after that movie. We broke up after. <laughs> Uh, it, like that was that was definitely not why we broke up, but that was the catalyst for like getting us in the right mood to talk about all the problems. I feel so crappy. Let me get this off. Yeah, my exactly. One hundred percent. That's how that happened. We took her nephew. No, we took her cousin to go see it, and we hated it. And then we dropped the cousin off, and then we broke up. That's how that day went down for me. Mm. Um. I don't have a grudge against it. It's just a funny story. Uh, I don't have a grudge against it because I ended up married. And, like, so clearly that was for the best. But uh, married to a different person. <laughs> um, yes. And that was for the best. But, yeah, it was. it's just a hilarious memory I have tied to that movie now. Um, so I skipped four uh, because I didn't have to see it. <laughs> so I didn't. Uh, we weren't doing the podcast at the time, and I wasn't really writing. So I didn't see it. Um but I think I'm gonna watch it between now and then. It's on Hulu. Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. It's oh. on Hulu and maybe Amazon. So I think I might give it a watch just so I'm not. Is it supposed to be good? I heard it was no. supposed to be kind of a reboot. It is a reboot because it's the first one of Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Um. So could you watch that without having seen the third one? Probably. Okay. I think five ties into four a lot more. Okay. Than four ties into three. That's what I think too. Yeah. But That's the vibe sure. I got. Yeah. So four is the first one with Mark Wahlberg, um, which that combination makes sense too. Michael Bay worked with him on Pain and Gain, which he actually got a really good performance out of Michael Bay in that movie, or out of Mark Wahlberg in that movie. Michael Bay got a good performance out of Mark Wahlberg in that movie. Um, I think that pairing also makes way more sense than Shia LaBeouf in the Transformers. Yeah, totally. Mm. But he's an inventor in this franchise. See, that's the problem. <laughs> that's not if you're gonna, like if you're gonna get Mark Wahlberg into something, he should be like a mechanic mm-hmm. or like I don't know, construction worker mm-hmm. or literally anything but an inventor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. The last time he played a scientist, it was called The Happening. So <laughs> I don't want to remember that. Yep. Um, so yeah, what are you guys headed into Transformers Five? What are your guys' expectations for it? Uh, if you're indifferent, uh, Slade, we'll start with you. Okay, first I was like, don't want to see that, because why, why would I want to see that? And then I watched the trailer, and I was like, okay, that looks better than I thought it was going to. Okay. You know, I kind of dig in the whole, like, last night there was, like, all medieval this, like, stuff. medieval stuff happening. I was like, alright, I see what you're doing, Transformers. And then kind of, like, did this, like, Fate of the Furious thing with Optimus Prime. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of cool, you know, like Optimus Prime being a bad guy sounds mm-hmm. interesting. Um, so yeah, it's a little more, you know, and there's explosions, so it's like, 
maybe this won't be horrible. It probably will. Yeah, it probably will. <laughs> but I'm a little slightly more optimistic than I was before. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Brian, what are your expectations for Transformers the last night? I'm expecting I'm expecting it to be a spectacle. Mm-hmm. And to be a big blockbuster summer movie that everyone will go see to get out of the freaking heat. Um, I think it'll be fun. I think it will hold true to all style, no substance. So I'm not expecting to really like these characters. If any of them die, whoop de do, don't care. Yeah. Um, but I do expect it to deliver on. Hey, you're gonna. It's a fun ride. So okay, so you guys both value the same things when it comes to storytelling, um, and that's character. Mm-hmm. Yes. And these movies don't really have characters. Nope. Well, some of the robots have some character. Yeah. That's true. I love Bumblebee. Bumblebee in the first one yeah, had great. some character. He was the only actual character mm-hmm. in that movie. Yeah. So, and he's kind of been consistent, I feel like, in most of the movies. Mm-hmm. He's kind of been, like, the main character. Kind yeah, of. he's definitely kind of the audience catalyst for the robot yeah. world. Yeah. So, and he's in this one, and... He, there's that scene in the trailer where he might like get owned by Optimus Prime or yeah, whatever. So yeah. there's something in there. But okay. you're right. I mean, obviously, there's basically no characters in these movies. Right. So does that affect like the way you view the movie, or do you go like going in with the the expectation of like uh, it's going to be just kind of lots of explosions and that's it? Does that help? Like that rejiggering help that, or is it just like God? I wish there were some it, deep character helps. moments in this Transformers movie. <laughs> it helps me, but I think expectations whether it's with movies or anything in life helps you get through things yeah because if my expectation going into this is going to be like a Shakespearean piece they're going to speak Anthony Hopkins is there uh, he's just (laughs) being paid a lot of money to be there Um, you know if I went in thinking that and then I see what I know I'm going to see now I'm going to be pissed but if I go on thinking it's going to be a dumb blow up movie where cool robots robots fight each other some sci-fi some action it'll be a fun couple hours to kill then I'm not going to be disappointed when that's exactly what I get. Yeah. You know, with throwaway characters and really heartfelt lines that I just don't care about. Yeah. So that helps me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's something like you talk about all the time is you have to meet, like, the movie where where it's at. Yeah. Mm. You know, like, you can't go in expecting something that's obviously not going to be there. You know, if you want Transformers to be a great movie, well, you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, period. Yeah. It's not going to be a great movie. Yeah. Right? And that, and on some level, that's like, we want to make good films, you know? But on some level, it's like, it's entertainment. Like, yeah. you know, not everyone wants to sit through, like, some great film. They just want to watch, you know, how many dozens and dozens of hundreds of indie movies are made that are terrible. Mm-hmm. But people like that sort of thing. You know, just like the explosions thing, people like explosions. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's one, like what you like, like, yeah. you know, that, I don't really believe in guilty pleasures the older I get, <laughs> um, but I think that's the thing is, is, you know, it's, this movie almost feels like a 90s 4th of July release movie, you yeah. know, it, the, that's how the Transformers movies have always been, mm-hmm. um, and I think that expectation is necessary for those, um, I think that there's there's one shot in the trailer that is really cool, really cool, um, where Mark Wahlberg is like ducking away from an explosion yes, and he, it's about. like sliding, yeah. and the camera is steady on him while all this movement is happening around him, and it looks awesome. Yeah. Like I was like, that is hype moment right yeah. there. It got me really excited. Yeah. 
Um, and that's the thing is Michael Way, Michael Bay knows his way around these pyrotechnics and he knows his way around these, you know, big, really actually intricate scenes. Like it, it uh, most people could not pull this off. Um, so there's, there's like some merit to what he does on an artistic level. It may not be the first thing we think of when we think of how we engage with movies on an artistic level, but it's there. You know what I mean? Like he's... For like for better or worse, Michael Bay's an artist, and he does his craft well. Um, you know, he delivers on the bayness of them, um, and so I think with Transformers Five, it's going to be more of the same, um, which means we're not going to have a lot to talk about at the end of it. But it's also like you said, it's going to be a good way to beat the heat. It's coming out in the middle of a heat wave in our town and kind of across the country. I know yeah. Phoenix, Arizona is experiencing temperatures like 120 degrees or something stupid. Um, you know, people are going to want to stay inside during this heat wave. That's a guaranteed two and a half hours in an air conditioning, you know, area that's not your home. Um, you know, if they, he knows what he's doing when it comes to that kind of stuff. And he knows what he's doing to get butts and seats to get people who like spectacle to show up and watch spectacle. Um, so I eh, like, it'll be fine, I guess. I don't know. It'll probably be bad, but it probably, I don't know. I hope it's, like, crazy. Yeah, I want it to be, like, beyond over the top. Yeah, yeah. Like. Because those are, like, the kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I want it to be. Yeah, those are, like, the most fun bad movies to talk about. Yeah, exactly, because it's just more exciting that way. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's there's something to be said for good storytelling, obviously. Yeah. But there's also something to be said for, like, really well put together visuals and Mm -hmm. really intricate action sequences you know, there's something to be said for that. Like, that's hard to do, like you were saying. And, I don't know. I'm down. Yeah, I think it'll be better than the last movie Slade was on the podcast for. Oh, man. What was, was it? Independence Day Research. Yeah, that was bad. That was real bad. Because there, no, there was no artistry to the action. Like, no. it was it was like a Transformers movie if someone didn't know how to make one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, that was really bad. It was so bad. But it'll be better than that. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, by the way, sure. like, he can, he can make a movie. Yeah. You know, like, he can make it engaging enough that you actually want to sit there and watch it. Yeah, definitely. You know, so... Definitely. Yeah. I'm, yep. I'm more excited than I was. Yeah. So, it's cool. We'll see. Yeah. Stanley Tucci plays Merlin, so I'm down. Seriously? Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah, right? I'm in. <laughs> like Merlin from Arthurian Like Legend. Merlin. He summons a Transformers dragon. That's see. That's the beginning of that was, and I was like, "Wait, what is happening here? Is this a trans? Did I pick the right trailer?" <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, "And then I was like, no, it is." And I was like, "All right, Transformers Dragon. Yeah, I'm down with this." Hmm. You know. Also, he's drunk. He plays drunk Merlin. Something. Yeah, see, of course he does. Sure. Why not? Are you kidding? Though you're being legit. Like, yeah, I, legit I saw Merlin. That's. I'm pretty sure. Also, he was in the last movie, but he wasn't Merlin. <laughs> he was a descendant of Merlin. I don't know if they're going to tie it back to that. I'm pretty Merlin sure Merlin ages backwards. So that, that's true. Does he? Yeah, yeah. that's part of the, the, the legend. Yeah. Oh, he's huh. the original Benjamin Button, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stanley. I'm looking at IMDb. Stanley Tucci is literally billed as Merlin. <laughs> ah, sweet. Well, I'm a little bit more excited. Right? <laughs> that kind of makes that it more fun. Sweet. And I'm, also, Anthony Hopkins is there. Yeah. Can he, seems like, he seems like uh, Last Crusade, like literally the last night kind of a character. I think it might be. Oh, you yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you chose wisely. Wisely. 
See, I, I like that spin. You know, because it's, it's very different than what it has been. Mm-hmm. You know, because been, it's been more sci-fi and now throwing in some fantasy with the robots, I think, mm-hmm. is a cool cool twist. Cool, cool twist. Yeah. 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 Hopefully they that. deliver on that crap. Uh, they probably won't. No. Um, that's okay. But yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah, we'll be back next week to talk about our thoughts on that and our expectations for Baby Driver, which I'm super excited mm-hmm. about. Um, looks sweet. And man, it looks so good. It looks sweet. It looks so good. <laughs> um... <clears throat> What was I going to say? Oh, uh, you can find me on Twitter at MJSmith891. Uh, you can find my writing at KeithLovesMovies.com. I did a bunch of writing over there this week, actually. Uh, by a bunch, I mean I wrote two pieces, but they're pretty lengthy. I wrote a review for The Book of Henry, which you heard me explain in detail to Nick Crown earlier in the episode. Uh, it's a crazy movie, and uh, you should go read the review. I do talk about different stuff in that than I did in my full spoiler talk with Nick. Um... I wrote my five best and five worst movies of the year so far um, over there, and I'll give you number five for both. Number five for the best movies was Beauty and the Beast, the live-action one, uh, and number five for worst was something. Also, Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with yeah, you. Right? right? You feel me. Yeah. Monotone singing. Oh, why? Yeah, the good news is she doesn't sing that much. Mm. Oh, yeah, my number five was The Wall. My number five worst movie of the year was The Wall. Because uh, oh. that movie. Yeah. Yeah. God. I got re-mad about it now. <laughs> um, and then also I write for wordofthenerd.com. I think I'm going to be doing a written uh, Baby Driver review for them next week. But also I just wrote a piece where I fan-casted the live-action Cowboy Bebop, and I did, I put some thought into it, man. And uh, I've gotten pretty good feedback on it so far. A lot of people have been, like, down with my choices. I don't know if you guys have gotten a chance to read the piece. Yeah, it's sweet. Mm-hmm. Did you read it? I agreed with a lot of it. Really? Yeah. I think Terry Crews would make an excellent Jet Black. Oh, yeah. He would be the best. Yeah. Um, or Vin Diesel. I think either one of them would be. But I, I think Terry Crews would be the best. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, so that's, that's one of my choices, uh, and you should, uh, also, I'm very pleased with my number one choice for Spike, by the way, uh, so go read that. I put, like I said, a lot of thought into that, so you can read that, um, it's called Fan Casting, the live-action Cowboy Bebop series, um, <clears throat> and hopefully that would not suck. Uh, and I also give, at the end, my dream directing duo for it, uh, because I think they would do it justice. And yeah, uh, it's I have a real good time writing for both of them, so go check out both their sites and all the work we do over there. Um, you guys have anything you want to plug? Ryan, are you still at people's local Walmarts? I am at a local. I am at a local Walmart near you. Okay. Uh, wife beater or not? You never know. I like to. You are a wife beater <laughs> or not? No. <laughs> depending no. on which depending on which Walmart you're at, you're a wife beater or you're not a wife beater. I'm declining to answer. So, yes. No, I love my wife. Sorry, Lisa. I don't think she listens, but sorry, Lisa. <laughs> Just in case. Ryan loves his wife. I don't want that yes. to be a weird rumor to get started. Comments, wife hater. <laughs> no. Ryan greatly, greatly loves his wife, and we do too. Um, and so if he were a wife beater, we would protect her. Um <laughs> This has gone downhill quickly. Yep. As Slade, do all you, things with Walmart. Slade, do you want to let any skeletons out of your closet? Not currently. Okay. <laughs> I'm good. Okay. 
You don't want people to follow you on Twitter? Sure. Okay, what is it? <laughs> I'm at Slade Oren, S-L-A-D-E-O-R-A-N. Okay, cool. Uh, Check it out. Yeah, um, that'll do it. And until next time... Waka waka. I don't remember what we watched. Da, 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 da. Makana-san. Makana-san. <laughs> <laughs>